Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 14, Fingal, 15 years ago. I won't let you take her, Fingal said. You won't let me take my daughter back to her rightful home? The fey warlord Ricklar de Dianel laughed incredulously, stirring the amusement of his followers with his wide grin and unfeeling gaze. You've been thoroughly enchanted by her. A survival instinct. A good one. She takes after me. He beamed at the girl, not with pride, but with opportunity. Larsk seemed equally intrigued by Riona, as he had been when he'd spied on them through the window earlier that day. Yet the boy's expression dimmed as Ricklar neared the girl. He cautiously slid from his seat and shadowed his father, preparing for whatever move the warlord would make next. Fingal wondered what these courtly types really thought of the girl, the half-fey daughter of a queen who had tyrannically gone after humans. The fey queen's ambition had hoisted them up to the highest heights of fey society, but now, with the queen gone, they had been relegated to chasing after children and lowly injured soldiers through the forests like vagabonds. Aren't you excited? Your sister has been returned to us, Ricklar said to his son. The fey child scrutinized Riona again, noted the uncertain expressions of the adult fey around him, and mirrored their concerns. Ricklar's entourage seemed just as confused as Fingal. Riona wasn't Ricklar de Dianel's daughter. She was the half-fey daughter of Queen Catriona, tyrant and murderer of humans and traitorous fey who didn't share her views. If Catriona was Riona's mother, her father had to be human. That only made sense, given her physiology. If Ricklar was her father, if Ricklar was her father, her mother would have to have been human and not Catriona. Perhaps the queen had lied to Fingal. She had been called the evil fake queen for a reason. Maybe Riona was not hers after all, and Ricklar was correct in his claim. Could the queen have lied to him? Persuaded and guilted him into caring for a child that wasn't hers? To what end? He pushed the thoughts away as he towered over the table, feeling for a sword that wasn't there, sizing up the other fae around him, and formulating the best strategy to escape with the girl. 
Afrin's darting gaze seemed to be conducting the same calculations, while Fingal felt Kentina's scrutiny hotly. The islander would have more questions that Fingal couldn't answer. Don't make me go with Creona Ricklar, said Riona to Fingal with wide, fearful eyes, as if in response to his thoughts. Feeling inadequately suited to the task, and having no weapons to defend himself or the girl, he shuffled around the table, dimly aware of the heavy plodding of his boots against the shining floor. He did the only thing he could do, place his large, burly body between the child and the menace that was Ricklardi Dianel. She doesn't want to go with you. Fingal said evenly, forcing himself to look upon the statuesque warlord. She's my child. That isn't up to her. Ricklar replied just as smoothly and held out a hand to Riona. Fingal stood his ground. I know all about men who claim children for their own ends, and that's not going to happen today. Men who he replied, and the other face snickered, though the words were a distraction. Ricklar grabbed Fingal's chin. Fingal tried to wrench away, yet he had been anchored in place by more than just the warlord's steely touch. The room dimmed and merged with the past. The dining hall had taken on the aspect of another room in a vastly different part of the world, as it was nearly a decade ago. As Ricklar turned Fingal's chin left, then right, inspecting Fingal's memories, Fingal was once again eight years old. He had been caught red-handed on the streets of the capital by the Imperial Guard, brought in for inspection and processing. A wooden desk smelled like the tree had been felled yesterday. A stinking man calling himself a scholar tall and made of stubble, searched Fingal's body for evidence. Gold armor clinked to his right, bright from the large, sunny window. The smell of leather to his left, a lesser guard here only because he had to be, paper on the desk, scrawled by a quick, efficient hand. His name, Fingal. And then, M-O-R-P-L-E-T-H. Morpleth. So that's why she chose you, the warlord sneered. The sound enveloped and guided Fingal to the present within Kentina's house once more. Ricklar threw Fingal's chin away and wiped his fingers on his cloak as his perfect face wrinkled with disgust. He smiled curiously down at Riona, as if this was some kind of joke. Does he know? Riona blinked and gave no verbal answer. Did Fingal know what? Something to do with Catriona, perhaps. That she was still alive? It didn't matter. Not right then. Furious that this fey soldier had rifled through his secrets so easily, Fingal spat. Leave now. What authority will you call upon? Ricklar demanded. The golden-haired fay, still at the table, tittered with an annoyingly high-pitched laugh that set off the other fay. 
Even if there was a uniformed militia to heed your call, it isn't weapons you'll need. He smiled at Cantona and curled his fingers into fists. The flames in the hearth behind him erupted violently, lashing out towards the table, as if joining the laughter. Go ahead and use your magic. Fingal challenged him. It wouldn't be the first time I've defeated a... But Fingal's threat died as Cantona shuffled forward, his face panic-stricken as he reconsidered Ricklar de Dianel's power. What? What have you done? Cantona said under his breath. Ricklar grinned fully like a wild animal, his allure melting into a stomach-sinking horror, and Fingal realized everything about the man was a well-designed snare. A low whisper, barely audible from the powerful doctor's lips. Afrin grabbed him with surprising strength to prevent Cantona from lashing out physically at the dangerous fay. The islander cursed them in his native tongue, spitting the guttural words with coarse contempt. Fingal stuck out his hand to Riona, who exchanged a confused glance with Fingal, and the two of them recoiled from the men. I told you to stay in your room, Fingal whispered to her. Why did you come down? I had to know, she whispered back. Ricklar waved dismissively at Kentina. Please, no need for dramatics. I made it clean, for simplicity's sake. I don't have to carry them back. You get a payout. A favor for both of us. And them. No unnecessary suffering. You do have insurance on your building. The fire in the hearth blazed again, and Fingal's eyes widened. Burning down a hospital and murdering helpless patients? Your own kin? That is your move? Kentana demanded. I doubt that was in your broad power and authority granted by your council. When they hear what you have done, when the elders and their families find out that it was a fey attack on neutral ground. What are you going to do about it? Ricklar splayed his fingers and took note of Riona and Fingal, skulking towards the door. His lips twitched, admiring their bold, slow attempt to escape. As I said, the problem has been dealt with. Now I will take my prize and we will be on our way. Don't worry. Your precious manse and everyone here is safe. So long as the girl leaves with me. Riona shook her head and couldn't stop. Fingal took her by the arm, but she wrenched him away too. Stay back, she said to both Fingal and Ricklar. A glint in her eye made Fingal stop in his tracks. 
Rikalar continued advancing towards the girl and held up his hand, making a sign in the air at the fae behind him at the dinner table. Bedosi said something in the fae tongue, grabbed one of their unused forks, and tossed it at the warlord. Ricklar caught it handily and, unflinching, dragged it deeply across his palm. He uttered something under his breath that made Fingal feel cold and utterly disturbed. The blood dripped onto the tile, and Ricklar's boots stepped in it as he held out a bloody palm to Riona. Just a bit of blood magic? You remember what that is, he said to her cooingly. Fingal had no idea, but the girl winced as if she had been pricked by a sharp object. She stumbled backward, saved from tripping by her anxiously flitting wings. The fey soldiers shifted their weight away from Ricklar reluctantly. As Afrin looked about ready to faint, Kentana's expression darkened. It would be prudent for you to leave, now. Then to Fingal, he said, With or without the girl, I want him out of my house. Blood magic is not to be trifled with. Ricklar paid Kentana no mind. My blood is her blood. That is why she fears me and cannot resist. Come peacefully, young Riona, and no one has to be hurt. He held out his hand. The line of red on his palm was just a scratch, and yet, from the way Riona did everything in her tiny body to put as much distance between him and her without leaving the room, Fingal would have thought that something invisible to his human eyes rested there. Before Fingal could stop her, Riona took to the air. Her violet wings fluttered anxiously as she darted about the room, as if she had forgotten the locations of the exits. As she sought the nearest, highest corner, Larsk soared after her. Ricklar did nothing to help his son, although the fey soldiers spread their wings, ready to take flight. They remained on the ground, ever mindful of Ricklar and his silent commands. The fey warlord grinned. To him, this was a game. They twirled like moths about a flame, Lars grasping and grabbing at the girl, and Riona doing her best to avoid his grubby fingers. Larsk had far more experience flexing his wings and spun circles around the girl, and Fingal's stomach sank as Riona awkwardly jolted and jerked in the air as if controlled by a novice puppet master. This was Fingal's fault. If only he had indulged what came naturally to her, allowed her to practice her flight instead of grounding her like an injured bird. Distressed by Larsk and the rising shouts from the fay on the ground, Riona tumbled to the floor in a heap of hair and fabric and two large wings. Fingal prepared to run to her aid and paused, feeling the soft weight of Afrin's splayed hand on his chest. Wait, he whispered, barely audible. He hadn't heard the young man appear at his side. 
Riona's face emerged from her matted, long, dark hair in a twisted cry, the kind Fingal heard too often in the sleepless nights of the orphanage. He pressed against Afern's hand and felt no resistance. He ran for the upset little girl, who had fallen and probably scraped her knees, who had no one to care for her and love her, because who else but him knew what she felt and could make her whole? Larsk landed on the tile and approached her, unsure of what to do. He wasn't much older than the girl. He looked to his father and the other soldiers and then back to the girl. He seemed to be responsible for her now. Except he wasn't. He was a child, and Fingal would not let a child bear the responsibility of another child, not again. Larsk's eyes widened as Fingal barreled towards him. Fingal's heavy footfalls on the gleaming floor slowed to a screech as the girl threw back her head, her mouth wide and angry as she howled for her mother of all people. Maybe... She didn't want him. Maybe it was not his place. Fingal's hesitation had given the Fae an opening. The Fae soldiers rushed for her like starving strays who had spotted a tasty morsel dropped and forgotten in the dirty streets. They surrounded Riona and lifted her up, clamped down on her wings, and bore her futile attempts to escape. Be careful with her, Ricklar said pridefully. I won't go! I won't go! Riona screamed. Amidst the shouting from the Fae and the sharp commands from Ricklar and Larsk's scared, silent sobbing and Fingal's own roar as he leapt into the fray to rescue the girl, there was another gut-wrenching shriek from Riona. But there was something wretched about it this time. The shock wave that followed seconds later rippled from her tiny, wriggling body. It sliced through the noble Fae soldiers and whipped through Fingal, Afrin, Ricklar, and Kentana, knocking the wind from everyone. The fire in the hearth snuffed out. The dinner table and all of its accoutrement collapsed in a startling clatter of silver, fabric, and wood. The curtains hiding the small, horizontal windows fluttered. Shards of glass crashed to the floor and drove into the adjacent walls, leaving long, dark scars. Ceramics, paintings, and other valuable breakables descended into pieces from their perches and mixed with the debris, worthless. Groans and curses punctuated the air as Fingal sat up. His head spun as his body struggled to figure out which way was up. Behind him, Afrin crawled towards a loose pile of table debris that had rained upon Kentana. Ricklar's entourage of soldiers had been just as dazed, but not bloodied. Only Larsk had not risen in a stupor. Badowsi stumbled for the boy, checked him over, and then collapsed again next to him. Fingal gathered his wits and avoided the grumbling fey bodies as he fell towards Riona, who lay unblinking on the floor. One of her wings curled beneath her, and her chest rose and fell in sharp bursts. 
Are you all right? He asked, inspecting her body for injury. Other than the scrapes and bruises she'd acquired while traveling, and the concerning breathing, the girl seemed unharmed and not in pain. She turned her head to Fingal, eyeing him up and down when her large, violet gaze snapped over his shoulder. He's... she said breathlessly. A strong grip tossed Fingal backwards, but with Riona's short warning, he'd been prepared. Instead of falling on his back, he rolled and braced his impact on the floor and kicked the advancing Ricklar de Dianel. Fingal leapt to his feet, but the next thing he knew, Ricklar grabbed his neck and his legs dangled helplessly as he was lifted into the air. Below, Riona scrambled to her feet and fluttered her wings. No, no, no! I have seen who you are, said Ricklar to Fingal, and with a decisive motion he sliced Fingal's cheek with his sharp claw-like nails and pressed his bloodied palm into the wound. The pain absorbed Fingal's consciousness. The line between where his body ended and the air began became blurred, irrelevant. His mouth twisted and a deep sound emerged over which Fingal had no control. Another sound. Ricklar. Laughing. Then a startled yelp. Fingal fell. He didn't know how he came back to the ground and lived. Perhaps Riona had cushioned his descent. His body trembled and a sob welled in his sore throat. None of that mattered. All he saw was Ricklar reaching for Riona, blood dripping from his hand as his followers struggled to their feet and into the air. Fingal grunted for someone to help her, for himself to get up and do something. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall. If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. Afrin was nowhere in sight. Kentina was coughing and sputtering on the ground, bleeding from cuts on his face, torso, and hands. Fingal crawled hand over hand across the glass, the splinters, and the debris scattered on the floor. As Ricklar's hands closed on Riona's violet wing, Riona let out another scream in Ricklar's face. Fingal felt her draw from the ground magic. The illicit poison coursing through him responded to her power like a horrible tug from beneath his skin, threatening to break free as she screamed at Ricklar and threw an invisible force at the warlord's advancing, bloodied hand. Ricklar's body blew backwards like a ragdoll. Two of his fey friends, Aruder and the golden-haired fey, were caught in the magical gust and were also thrown about the room. 
Ricklar slammed into the back wall by the sooty hearth. Fingal got up and single-mindedly marched towards the fallen warlord. Behind him, Riona screamed for him to get back. He was vaguely aware of other bodies scrambling to stop him. They didn't matter. Ricklar had hurt the girl. He'd forced the girl to use powerful magic to protect herself. Now it was Fingal's turn. The bloodied fork lay abandoned on the floor. He swooped and grabbed it. Ricklar regarded Fingal coming for him, not believing he would go through with it. Perhaps he didn't know Fingal after all. Ricklar fluttered his powerful wings, but Fingal grabbed his long hair, found the fae's exposed neck, and plunged the tongs of the fork into the delicate, soft skin. Ricklar looked momentarily astonished at Fingal's strength. Everything inside Fingal told him to retreat, to release the utensil, to escape with the girl while he still had feeling in his body. But his grip on the silver remained true. And then his other hand was on the Fay's neck. It would be like any other death made at his hands in the war, on any other Fay, because they were mortal, just like he was. He could plunge the fork deeper until it was all the way, and then he wouldn't try and take Riona away from him again. Bleeding profusely, Ricklar roared and pushed Fingal back violently as his large wings extended. He took flight and hovered above the destruction like a beautiful, mythical creature. A wounded, mythical creature. Fingal's body ached as he pulled himself up, feeling around the floor for anything else he could use as a weapon. You won't take her, ever, Fingal said to the menacing Fay. A heaviness seemed to descend upon the Fay warlord. After a long moment, Ricklar muttered something in his native tongue. The barely conscious Fay and Larsk, who had to be carried, shuffled and fluttered to one of the exits. Ricklar de Dianel touched down on the floor gracefully and eyed Fingal with pure rage as he ripped out the fork. His wound gushed. The warlord grinned as the utensil landed with a ring on the tile. He spat in the pooling blood and backed out of the room, bowing in an exaggerated fashion towards Kentana. Thank you for your hospitality, Ricklar said coolly. We'll see ourselves out. They disappeared into the maze of the manse, and their bodies became the enveloping, flickering darkness. Fingal watched them unblinking to be sure they had gone, knowing this had to be a trick, that soon they would scurry back and stab them to death with their strange magic. But a small movement from his left captured his attention, and he flinched as Riona wrapped herself around his torso. Eventually, his hands found her, and he squeezed her to him, needing to feel that she was all right. She touched his cheek where he had been cut and turned it towards her, forcing him to stare down at her and not where their enemy had gone. Blood magic, 
she whispered sorrowfully. Her face was wet with tears. I won't die, he told her, his voice hoarse. No, she agreed with relief. He took her hand from his cheek, reluctantly, and smoothed out her matted, tangled long hair. He's not your father, right? The girl glared at him, as if he'd asked how many heads she had. Right, he said, relieved. Then, I guess you don't know who is. She scrunched up her lips. Nothing was her reply for an eternity. Mama is my mama. Only mama. No Hathlier. That's all right, Fingal said, with an air of finality that the girl seemed to appreciate. You don't have to explain it to me. I won't let them take you away from me. The girl nuzzled into his large chest again, yet movement at the threshold on the other side of the room caught Fingal's eye. He wiped the sweat from his vision, thinking it was Afrin returning. But no, it was Brendan. Dripping in sweat himself, his clothes blackened, his hair singed, and his hands filthy, like he had been digging in ash and soot. Fingal could smell the smoke from here. Brendan nodded to Kentana conspiratorily, and to Fingal's surprise, Kentana reached for the young man, shaking his dirtied hand with pride. Gone was his rage and despair at the ruined hospital and murdered patients. His entire face was alight with glee. Well done, he said to Brendan. Fingal stood, scooping up Riona in his arms out of habit, unable to take his eyes from the walking mess that was Brendan. He wasn't sick. He was sober. Brendan took in the destroyed room with an unsurprised look, and then turned his handsome grin to Fingal. They just left. I made sure, Brendan said to both of them. I met with Afrin, and, and he said, What happened to you? Fingal demanded. Kentana let out a low chuckle and stooped to grab a fallen, empty goblet. Ricklotty Diana thinks he has won, but he has lost the battle this night. All thanks to Brendan. Listening to Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com. <laughs>